welcome to How to Build a Tent. My name is Matt Williams. This is the podcast on how to make you successful. We are part of the Fight, Laugh, Feast network. Go over to fightlaughfeast.com, put HTBT in the memo field, get a great mug like this, and you'll be supporting us and all of the work that we are doing. You'll keep this show going on, trucking strong, and you will be supporting what the Lord is doing and just hold this, this whole network uh, which is just a total blessing to be a part of. You can email me, matt at howtobuildattend.com. We're going to actually talk about some emails today. And it's actually a theme of the emails today because it's uh, near and dear to my heart. And it's important for us too because a lot of people that are in entrepreneurship struggle with this and I want to talk about it. As, uh, and not just to cut my corners and save from replying to emails, I'll reply to the emails as well. But I just think that there's more people out there who have these questions, concerns, and thoughts besides the people that just emailed me. But please email me. I'd love to hear from you. I try to respond to every single one of them, even if it takes some time. You can find me on the social media sites if the link's below. Please cl just click those links and just give me a follow. That would really help so much, especially on YouTube. I have to build up my YouTube following so I can make some changes. They won't let you change until you get a certain amount of followers. So that would be a big help to me. Like seriously, if you can just follow the YouTube minds if you want to see all my content they don't censor it yet like facebook does you can follow me there as well appreciate that it's all at how to build a tent and uh wow we've got a lot of things to talk about today the costco saga continues i'm going to pull up that email i should probably pull it up as i'm talking about it i'm going to talk about what's going on in my screen behind me we have a huge meeting going on with the president of china and our president as well um, that is just incredible to th think about the, the weight on your shoulders of having the whole world hinge on a meeting. Like no stress on that business meeting, right? The first thing I wanted to point out though, you could see is look how messed up this screen is right now. I don't know if you can really tell because maybe it's out of focus, but I just got a new laptop and a docking station, which isn't really a station anymore. You just plug into it. And it connects all your monitors. And the new docking station isn't equipped or doesn't sync well with three monitors. What docking station nowadays, workstation, now think about like a professional, people that need the, for their jobs or whatever it is, stock trading and analysis, all those things, like I do, consulting. How do you not... <laughs> like design your new products your old products did it but your new products don't your old products supported three screens but your new ones don't it's absolutely amazing to me now i'm gonna break up this little rant from um was it lenovo is the oh, makers of thinkpad and my costco saga with giving you a positive story about a vendor amazon man their customer service is phenomenal we had an order pa a package delivered that wasn't delivered and they replaced it for free and they like just sent it out no big deal no hassle i didn't have to prove anything i didn't have to swear on the bible and they just did it such a contrast from some of these under other vendors which is sad to say because like costco is near to dear in my heart and i still shop there and I'm, i will always be a loyal customer i will always be an executive member even though they cannot just they cannot get this process right at all i got an email today as i was driving home in the rain i don't know if you're going to be able to hear it or not thunderstorm hard rain i love florida so much this is so great we have things falling in the background that you might hear who knows uh it's just a crazy storm i love storms so much and i can't wait to ride it out 
Um, back in California, all we had was earthquakes. Uh, in Hawaii, we had false nuclear warnings and uh, some hurricanes that really turned out to not be big deals, at least on my island. Ooh, there was some thunder if you might have heard it. Um, all right, so driving back in the rain in my truck, I get this email from a, a customer service person. Oh man, that sounds so great. I love that thunder. I hope you guys can hear that too. So my name is Alicia and I am with Costco Furniture Resolution Team. Like, okay, great. We're gonna get to a resolution to this problem. That again, is Costco's problem. It's not my problem. I have two things at the price of one. I have a great opportunity. I'm just being a moral person and telling them that they sent me two of the same thing. And this is what she says to go on. I wanted to reach out to you in regard to the open service request that you have with Costco.com. There may have been a miscommunication about how your Evolve U-shaped workstation, which is what you see in this screen, would be picked up for the return. So there's, there's a miscommunication about how your Evolve U-shaped workstation would be picked up for the return. So I wanted to provide clarification about the return procedure. Three things I want to point out about this email. One, do not say miscommunication when you are in conflict with a customer. Even if it is true, it's miscommunication. Saying it sounds condescending, especially when you're starting to put the blame on the customer. You want to try to be as less condescending or as least condescending as possible because nothing will make a customer more frustrated than when you feel like you're being talked down to, especially in this case when it's Costco that doesn't understand the problem here. Second point I would like to say here is she wants to provide me clarification. Now, to recap, if you haven't been listening to all these uh, past shows recently, I moved to Florida, have a new office, so I bought tons of stuff because I needed new stuff. And Costco had the desk I bought and I bought it from them. They sent me two, it was a big mistake, and that's all you really need to know. There's a lot of other things that went on too that made it just more of an incredible story, but you can go listen to other episodes about that. And so I, being a Christian, you know, wanting to do what is right, I called them up and said, hey, you sent me two. And they were saying, oh, well, in our systems, it looks like one is broken. So you need to return it and you need to put it downstairs. You need to, and this stuff is heavy. Like I, I shouldn't have done it by myself. It was crazy, but I did. And I'm not taking it back downstairs because I thought it was another piece of furniture I ordered and it's their mistake. So they need to do it. And they even told me that I should pay somebody to bring it downstairs. It just blows my mind. <laughs> You're telling a customer to go pay somebody to comply with your own policy and procedures. It blows my mind. So let's go on about how the miscommunication happened and how I need clarification from Costco about their third point I wanted to bring up, their return procedure. Now again, I understand policies and procedures. They need to happen, especially in a big company like Costco. You need to have policy and procedures. But I don't understand what is the miscommunication here and the clarification that needs to happen, but policies and procedures do not apply to customers. They apply to the people under the jurisdiction of the company, which is Costco. Costco employees, 
Those are the people under the policy and procedures. I am in no social contract with Costco to abide by their policy and procedures. Just like they have a policy or a procedure on how you enter Costco. You go through enter and you have this circle that you go around. They have it well designed so flow of traffic stays one way. But you have stupid people that walk the other way and they go against traffic and they decide to do something completely different from what everybody else is doing. They're breaking the procedures of what Costco set up. But you know what? Costco can't do a thing about it. So too in this situation. They're telling me that I have to abide by their policy and procedures and they're being now condescending to me. Whenever moi initiates a return, she goes on to say, we will attempt to get the item back in the same manner that it was delivered to you. In this case, your workstation was delivered with a threshold delivery service, which includes placement inside your front door or garage. Delivery can only be made inside the front door on the ground floor or multi-level housing in these situations. The delivery agent would have to pick the item up the same way that it was delivered. So the workstation would need to be ready to be picked up at your front door and garage entrance. Now, I just want to ask you this one question regarding this scenario. What is the one thing that they are missing in this situation? Like the one thing that they're kind of lacking to get me to do this. Any incentive, any big stick to threaten me to do it and any will on my own to do it. So when they are saying, oh, it needs to be brought down to the, in the bottom floor or the garage or whatever, I have no reason to do it, nor am I gonna do it. And even if I you know, was you know, really nice, and I guess I am, I am nice, I'm lovable, but even if I you know, felt sorry for them and just wanted to be accommodating and help them with their policy and procedures and make clear any miscommunication that I may have had and do what they wanted. Even if I was normally that kind of person who would just do it and not kind of push back, I am so curious about how this is going to play out. And I hope you're curious too. This is just like great podcast material. But from a consulting perspective as well, I am so curious about how this is going to play out because I'm not doing it. I am not taking that furniture down the stairs and risking breaking my back, risking dropping it on my own. I'm not hiring people. I'm not gonna go rent any more equipment, like a dolly that I rented to get it up here because my stuff isn't here yet. And I am just gonna wait and see what they have to do because I have no motivation to abide by their policy and procedures. Not one bit. So if they don't wanna come get it, that's fine. I'll sell it. I'll go return it. What are they gonna do about it? So it'll be interesting to see. We will continue this miscommunication as this furniture consultant uh, detailed to me. And they closed the ticket too. That was another thing. So they set up a ticket to make sure that it's tracked and followed. And they didn't even wait for my reply. <laughs> they didn't even call me. They emailed me and then they closed the ticket. They have a big problem on their hands. Another thing I could see in this green screen that I saw today that I thought was really interesting is the salaries of STEM graduates. And on the left side, you probably can't see it, but it's like petroleum engineer, 180,000, operations research industrial engineer, 160, mathematics, 158, chemical and bi uh, biomolecular, man, I can't even say that, definitely shouldn't be in that major, 
138,000 public accounting, that's a great one to go into if you don't mind being bored your whole life. 135,000 aeronautics, astronautics, system engineering, 130,000. And that is your mid-career pay when you get a degree in those fields. And your starting is like, the top is 80,000 and it goes down. And you start even lower, 50,000. So you really start lower, which is probably like, you know, a lot of jobs for blue collar jobs start at that rate or um, are more mid-level there, but you don't have the student loan debt. But that mid-level, mid-career level makes going to college worth it. Now, I just want to point this out because I am a very big naysayer of college. I don't think that most people should go to college. I don't think the value of college is there. And what I mean by value, for those of you who have not been around lately or haven't listened or you're new, welcome to the show. Value is the benefit minus the cost. And the benefit is the degree and the ability to qualify for better jobs. And maybe you learn some skills along the way. That's debatable uh, that you can learn things in college that you can't learn anywhere else. I don't know if that's true or not. But two is the cost dynamic, the driver of the cost of that element. And that is tuition. And tuition keeps going up at an astronomical rate far faster than the benefit of a college degree does, especially because they're subsidized and everyone's going to college now, which means it's less rare to have a degree, which means it's more common, and which means that the value is even smaller. So the benefit, I mean the benefit's even smaller. So the benefit is probably arguably going down. Unarguably, the cost is going far higher than the value or the benefit is. And because the value is going, or I mean, sorry, because the cost is going higher than the benefit, the value is going down and down and down. And there are very few degrees that will get you this kind of money, but these are some of them that are worth it. And I would recommend if you want to go to college, if your parents are really pushing you to go and you just don't want to let them down, pick one of these degrees. Go on to CNBC, it's an article over there. Engineering is a big safe bet, accounting, any sciences, those kinds of things, or most sciences, I shouldn't say any sciences, definitely not the, like, um, the social sciences. That is not what I'm talking about. And stay away from those with the plague, like they are the plague, or like they are LA, I guess, because LA has the plague now, which is absolutely disgusting. Okay, so the last thing I want to talk about today is a very serious topic for me. I relate to it. And I, I really appreciate those of you who did reach out to me. Some of you I have responded to already. Some of you I haven't. Some of you I partially responded because I just wanted you to know that I saw it and I'm not blowing you off. Uh, but I just want to think more about what I'm going to respond to. I don't. Res For those of you who have not emailed me, I tried to expand my emails beyond just a one-word response or answer. Like I try to really invest in the emails as much as you invest in them to send them to me and take the time to write them. I don't try to just give you like the answer is C to your three page email. And yes, some people email me three pages and I read it all. But a lot of people were responding to an episode where I was talking about like my kind of own ethical dilemma or question I posed to myself about should I be uh, consulting and helping companies that um, will give solutions not other than, or yeah, other than Jesus. And not that it's like you can't do other things to help and then also preach the gospel, but like, and what I said in one of the emails was in the case of depression, this company, they were um, kind of 
selling a system that buying an animal, giving you an animal to cure, to take care of, gets your mind off yourself and it helps, it gives you a companion, things like that, and it helps. And I replied back to one person I was questioning like, hey, like the person emailed me and was saying, basically like, hey, you know, it could be a good thing. It could really work. And I, I totally agree. It could work. It is a good thing. I thought it was a good idea. That's why I kind of, you know, helped him out a lot. But if that dog made him the happiest person in the world and he never learned about Jesus, what does it matter? And that is the, like the, the thing from a Christian perspective. Like if you're not a Christian and you're just a consultant, like your ethical standard is much lower. It's if it does good, or quote unquote, or it helps somebody be happier, whatever your value system is. And yeah, I mean, helping people when show them the benefits of owning an animal is a great thing. I mean, it's, it's good, but it's not enough and it's not the true answer. It's like giving a Band-Aid when they need a surgeon, when we all need a surgeon, right? So that was my thoughts about it. And anyways, I wanted to just kind of talk about that more because a lot of you were emailing me telling me that you too have been struggling with depression and finding it hard to, a few things, to complete tasks, which is common. I've heard that a lot. I've experienced that a lot. Like you start something, you're all pumped up about it. That's probably more of a bipolar characteristic. And you're really like high about it and you're going to, nothing's going to stop you. And you are going to climb that mountain. You're going to conquer it. You're going to do it faster and better than anyone else. And then a couple weeks go on and a couple months go on and you kind of lose that high. And then you sink into that depression. And then there's days where you just can't even get up. And there's days where you like, you know it's an emotional, you know in your head that it is not reality, but still there's this like anchor in your gut that keeps you from getting up and helps and keeps you from getting on. And how do you how do you overcome that? How do you succeed? How do you become successful like we talk about in the show? How do you complete tasks when you have depression or bipolar where, you know, the, <laughs> I talked to a lot of people who are bipolar and I saw, I said this once, the first time I started saying this, when I realized it about myself, it's more dangerous for me to be on the highs than the lows because the highs make you go out and do things that are risky, they're financially risky, you're physically risky, whatever. The depression usually is I'm just sitting and staying stagnant and I'm not doing anything. I'm not spending money. I'm not committing to anything. Uh, and a lot of people agree with me with that. And obviously, depression can lead to suicide. Um, but I want to say a few things for those of you who haven't emailed me but maybe experiencing these same things because you're not alone. It's very common, especially for entrepreneurs, especially for business-minded people. We are a group of people that statistically have dealt with and deal with depression and, you know, um, imposter syndrome where you don't think you're good enough that you've like somehow sneaked in. Uh, the bipolar where you think you can just do anything and achieve anything and then that's what gets you to start the business and then you have the depression as well. And I want to say a few things that I've replied to emails and some I haven't replied to it yet is this. The first thing is the most important thing is to praise God. And the reason why is because it gets your mind off of you. It gets your mind off of the circumstances. At least for me, 
My depressions were oftentimes triggered by things, even triggered by things that maybe even correlated to my past. And whenever I found myself getting my mind stuck on that, the emotions would come and then I would be helpless and I'd be wrecked. But God promises always to give us a way out. God always promises us to be there with him. And I found that whenever I worship and even when I start and I hate it and I don't want to do it and it's the hardest thing in the world and it doesn't sound good and I just start singing and I start worshiping out loud is when I can start pulling through it and I feel the Holy Spirit coming alongside me and it's like, oh, feelings, ugh. But depression is a big feeling and it's a feeling that has to be conquered and we need the feelings that come from proper worship, proper perspective and our eyes fixed on Jesus. So for those of you who are Christians that have a relationship with Jesus, fall to your feet, fall to your knees and worship God and just stop, keep worshiping him until you're pulled out. For those of you who listen to the show that aren't Christians, that don't have a relationship with Jesus or haven't been worshiping, haven't been seeking him, haven't been obeying him, you too need to drop to your knees and worship God. That is the single best thing that you can do. Because when you're worshiping God, you're not worried about what you have or don't have what you're able to achieve or not achieve, where you are in this life, because the realization of who God is, the bigger that he, that realization becomes, the less any of your circumstances in this world matter. And depression is the blowing up of some kind of circumstance, some kind of issue, some kind of perspective, some kind of outlook that is not biblically based, that is not Christ-centered. And if you could just drop to your knees, pray and worship God, out loud, singing as loud as you can if you need to, that is going to be a big, big help. Another big help is this, is serving other people. And this goes along with it. And of course it goes along with it because God said all the commandments are centered around these two, loving God and loving others, is to serve other people. Go serve your wife. Go serve your father. Go serve your kids. Go Go wash somebody's feet. Go help the poor. Go feed the homeless. Go give some neighbor some help on their fence. And you will amazingly see just a change in your spirit. And maybe it, those are just way too big steps for you. I totally understand that. Maybe it's giving somebody a call. Maybe it's texting somebody an encouraging message. Maybe it's something where you can email and write somebody you haven't spoken to in a while. You can do that from your bed. If you don't feel like you can get out of your bed, you can do that. And those are the two most important things. And then the, the last thing I wanted to say, and this might sound a little harsh, but for those of you, and I only say this because I had to do this for myself. I was a victim of this as well. And actually my father at the time did not, I did not appreciate this at all, but he really helped me with this because I started dealing with being bipolar and depression when I was in junior high and high school. And he really disciplined me and in the truest sense of the word uh, to finish things. And I wasn't allowed to get what I wanted, the reward I was gonna get or have, and he would start taking away things from me uh, if I did not finish a task. And he taught me how to complete things by disciplining myself. And it's so easy for whatever reasons, for whatever circumstance, not just depression or being bipolar or any of these things, to give reasons why we can't accomplish things. And you know what? We may fail at things, but that's okay. 
But the, the, when we as depressed people or people that are struggling with anything can't complete something or don't complete something, it's usually because of lack of discipline. And what I want to say to you is this, is force yourself to finish it. It will be worth it beyond even that thing that you're completing, but it will give you a pattern to start strengthening and reiterating and continuing on to help you further. So when you, if you have a pattern of stopping things, stop blaming it on your depression, stop blaming it on your situations, whatever it is, might not be depression, but force yourself to finish. Maybe you have to take a break and stop, but then set a time where you must get back to it. And if you're an adult, it's going to be harder because you're not going to have people to discipline you like I did with my father, but you can have accountability people that, Hey, I need to finish this task. You need to hold me accountable to it. It may not even be a sin issue, that's what I'm saying. It may be just like, hey, I need to keep my room clean. So clean your room. I love that. There's this Navy SEAL, like the first thing, um, what was he? He was an instructor, I think, for Navy SEALs. There's a very famous, like a valedictorian Victorian speech or whatever. He wasn't a valedictorian, Victorian. A commencement speech, that's the word. And he said, like, the first thing you need to do to change the world is make your bed. And maybe that is the first step you need to do to complete something. And then do something that's a little bigger to complete it. And then go forward and forward. Because I guarantee you the reason that people get discouraged is they feel like um, they can't do it, that they're not going to be successful. But a lot of things in this life, if you just stay at it hard enough, it's going to happen. You're going to be successful in some way. And even if you fail, if you take those failures as lessons to be learned and to improve upon, then even the failure is going to be a success for you. But when you quit, and when you stop and when you lose interest, there's really no benefit of it. You don't learn anything. It's better to fail than to quit. It's better to fail than to quit. Just let that sink in for a little bit. So I hope that's encouraging you guys. For those of you who I haven't answered back, I'm going to email you back, I promise. Um, excuse me, I just dropped something out of my hand. If you have any questions, comments, please reach out to me. You can find me at howtobuild10.com. You can find me on all the social media sites, link below, or how to build a tent. And now let's go out and be successful together.